his name, all the glory and all the honor that's due his name. All of a sudden, my tongue began to get loose. Amen. All of a sudden, my spirit was relaxed and, 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 and settled down. So what am I saying? All we need to do is get in his presence. Enter into his worship. Enter into his glory. Enter into what he wants to do in your life. And watch him do miraculous things. Amen. See the baby had to come. Amen. Because if, if we don't have this joy that we have today, if the baby didn't come. Amen. But because Jesus came, born in a manger. Amen. Born in a lowly state. We have unspeakable joy. Amen. We have an unspeakable gift. Amen. We have something that we can't even describe. Amen. We can't even put it in words. We can't even articulate what God has done through his birth of his son, Jesus. Amen. You, you, you can't. We, you know, we try. We say that he's a mighty God. He's a loving God. He's a caring God. But at the end of the day, can we really, really, really describe what Jesus has done for us? When he went to the Calvary, when he went to the cross on Calvary, amen, he was born just to die. Amen. He wasn't born to live, but he was born to die. And when he died, he released in the atmosphere glory. He released in the atmosphere peace. He released salvation. He released his presence in the earth. Amen. So that's why we are excited. That's why we, we're not excited about the gift. Amen. Many of you probably opened your gift already and you're excited. But, but, but only Jesus can make you wow. Amen. Only Jesus can make you say, oh my God, what a gift. Amen. Only the birth of the son Jesus can put an expression in your heart that you can't describe. 2 Corinthians 9.15 reads this. And I'm going to read it from you, to you from the Living Bible. And the Living Bible reads this way. Thank God for this gift wonderful for words amen and what paul was referencing was his son jesus amen that he he was thanking the church at corinthians for their giving and as he began to thank the church at corinthians for their giving to the poor all of a sudden his 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 accolades and, and encouragement switched to praise amen and when it switched to praise and he started talking about god when he when he said that i can't even speak I can't even, it's an undescribable word. I can't even describe his goodness, his wonderfulness. I can't, I can't articulate it. All I can say is glory be to our God. Praise his holy name because he's too wonderful to even explain. Amen. What a God. Amen. What a gift. Amen. What a gift. A gift. A gift. It's indescribable. You can't describe it. Amen. You can describe a car. You can describe a Corvette. Amen. You can describe a 4K television. You can give it all the different dimensions of it. But you have a hard time describing Jesus. Amen. That's why the Bible says that when you don't know what to say, that the Spirit of God will make intercession for you. Amen. Because our words can't articulate the gift that has been given to us. It's a gift. It's a gift. And it's a free gift. Amen. I didn't do nothing. You didn't do nothing to give it, to do it, to earn it. But it's God's grace that he gave us this unmerited favor. Amen. It's unmerited. Amen. You can't pay for this favor. You can't pay for what God has done for us through his son, Jesus. You can't even put a price tag on what Jesus did for us. 
And why did God do it? It's found in, in John 3.16. Because he so loved the world. So loved it. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should not perish. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. What, what a gift. Your gift. You may be seated if you can. But your gift. It's going to expire. Amen. If it ain't gold, it ain't silver, it ain't something. But even if it's fake gold, it's going to change on you. Amen. And I hate if it's on your neck, it's probably going to turn green. Amen. But this gift will never expire. You know, and wow. In Isaiah 9, in verse 6. I love this scripture. Years ago, my very first job was in printing. And we had to print these cards. And one of the cards that these business, businesses would give out was a card that says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. Now, years ago, I didn't understand what that meant. But today, I understand what it meant. And what it means that it's going to come, a child is going to come to the earth. And when this child comes to the earth, the government will rest upon his shoulders. Amen. We're not talking uh, Clinton. We're not talking Trump. We're not talking Obama. But we're talking about the government of this world will rest upon the shoulders of Jesus. Amen. It's a future, it was a prophecy what was going on in this uh, scripture here, but he was referencing the coming of the son where the government will rest on his shoulders. Not only will the government rest on his soldiers, but he will be called wonderful, wonderful counselor. And in most of your Bibles, it's so ironic that it's normally a comma there because they separate. They want wonderful and then counselor. But when you really, when, when I studied it and you got into to understanding this, this, this body of uh, scripture, wonderful and counselor went together. There was no separation. And what that meant was wonderful, once again, is unexplainable. You cannot even comprehend, oh God, the counsel that you're going to get from God. Amen. You can't even put it into words, the counsel that will come from God. Amen. In the Old Testament, there were king. It was a king. And what he did was he he needed direction. And what he did was he went to his friends. Amen. Instead of going to wise counsel, he went to his friends and they ended up losing the battle. And the reason why they lost the battle, because he got wrong counsel. Amen. So the counsel that we get is going to be 100 percent accurate. Amen. And you say, how do I get this accuracy? How do I get this counsel from the Lord? Now, I went to see a movie and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Right. And you say, what Star Wars got to do with Christmas? But it's something. The reason I love this movie for, for a couple of facts, but. One of the most important facts is that it was good against evil. Amen. And what happens in all throughout the movies, it was the enemy against good. Right. But they were never able to they were able to defeat the enemy 
only when they tapped in to the force. Amen? Uh, you got to work with me. <laughs> and I love this movie because the reason why is because the enemy seeks whom he may devour. Amen? But when you need, when you need good counsel, when you need somebody that's going to dwart the enemy, amen, you got to tap in to the force. Amen? And what am I saying about the force? I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. When you need guidance, when you need direction, you got to tap in to that unseen force. Amen? That force that will in and implode you into your destiny, implode you into beating the enemy, amen, and give you good counsel, amen. And what I love about that, the, the, just the story alone, is just, just that, that when they tapped into the force, whenever the enemy came against them, they didn't get rattled, they didn't get shaky, but they began to just stand still, and then they would just breathe. And what would happen when they begin to relax and breathe all of a sudden, the power kicked in. Amen. So sometimes we got to pause instead of us running our mouth, instead of us trying to fight the enemy with our own weapons. Sometimes we got to pause and let this birth that we're referring to today, let the, the Jesus, the God, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity just rest, rule and abide in our lives. And all of a sudden you'll be able to cut down some stuff. Amen. Some stuff that had you bound. All of a sudden you're able to cut it down. Why? Because the force of God is now in you. Amen. Now, Jesus was born to live and not die. Amen. Now, as you continue on, uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter 9, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Then it goes on to say that he will be a mighty God. Amen. Not a weak God, not a soft God, but a mighty God. Amen. We serve a God that, can, that has never lost a battle. Amen. A, a, a God that, that is able to not only be concerned about us here in Sickleville, but be concerned about this entire world and not lose a beat on what happened to whoever, wherever around the world. That is a mighty God. Yeah. Amen. And, when, when, and that's what we want. We want the, 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 this birth of what Jesus was to become uh, uh, be something that is real to us. Amen. And, and how many know that a mighty God is real to us? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, some of you looking like, like you, you know what a God, you know what my, a mighty God is? Amen. Amen. Have you ever been in a battle that, that you thought you couldn't win? Amen. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you, the, 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 the wind began to turn in your favor. You trying to understand what happened. Why did it happen? How did you walk out of there with the victory? Whether it's from sickness, whether it's from disease or whether it's from finances or whether well, no matter what it is, all of a sudden you're on the winning side. That is because of the mighty God. Amen. A mighty God in battle. Amen. Do you, want, do you want to take some stuff back? Amen. In Ziglag, amen. Uh, uh, David in Ziglag. Wow, how did I? Wow. In Ziglag, David lost all. He lost everything. Amen. When he came from out of one battle and he was getting ready to go into another battle, uh, uh, when he was pausing for a moment, he went home to see his loved ones. And on his way home, he realized that it was a fire and that the land had been ravaged and, and no one was left. Everything was stolen. All his goods, his wives, his kids, everything, his cattle, everything was stolen and, and, and took away. 
And, 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 and what did he do? The Bible says that he began to inquire of the Lord. Amen. What should I do in this situation? Amen. Should I go? Should I fight this battle? Should I use invoke your power? Should I go and take care of what, what, what get my family back? Should I get my finances back? Should I go after them? And the Bible says that you shall go and you will recover all. Amen. Only a mighty God can tell you something like that. Only a mighty God. Do you need some stuff back? Do you need your joy back? Do you need your peace back today? Do you need the everlasting king of glory to come in and raise your heart up, to raise your spirit up? He is the king of glory, the mighty God in battle. Amen. We're not talking about a wimp. We're not talking about a, a, a punk God, but we're talking about the mighty God. The everlasting God. Do you know what I'm saying? Everlasting means that his reign will never end. Amen. The presidents only serve every four years. But the presence of God, will his reign will never end. Amen. There is no expiration on his term. Amen. There is no expiration on when he stopped being God. There is no expiration. He is the mighty God. The everlasting God, mighty in battle. He don't retire. He don't take a time off. He don't go on vacation. He don't chill out. Amen. He don't have to go, as they say, get recharged. Because he is the recharger. He is the charger. He is our power. We serve a mighty God. He don't need no charging. He, we, you know, when we charge our phones, when we charge our electricity, all of a sudden they go dead, they go down, and you got to plug it into the source, amen? But God, there is no source, amen? Because he is the source, amen? We only can plug into him, amen? It's no, he, he, wow, it's not the other way around. We have to plug into the source because he's the mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of peace. Amen. Do you want peace today? Do you want peace? I'm not talking about the peace that a, a shot of whiskey would give you or marijuana or whatever you do to chill out. But I'm talking about the peace that passes all understanding. I'm talking about the peace where you can sit down in a situation where they, they may be cursing you out on your job, but you sitting there chilling, minding you. Oh, God, you got this. I'm just waiting for you to kick in, God. Why? Because his peace it's resting, it's ruling, and it's abiding in our lives. Amen. That's the kind of peace I want. I want this peace to take control. Amen. Because when I'm messed up, God is okay. He's all right. Amen. I, 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 thought the, I heard messages about that. Uh, won't he do it? He's all right. He's all right, all right, all right. All that. I just had a flashback. I just went, wow. He is all right. Amen. He is an all right God. Amen. He is an on time God. Amen. His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. All eternity. Amen. So when, when we leave this earth, it, it ain't over. Amen. How many know it gets better? 
Amen. When we leave here, it's, it's going to be a, a, a glorious day. Amen. And I'm, I can't wait for it. I'm looking forward to it because we're going to be called up out of this, audit out of this world, and we're going to meet our Savior in the air. We're going to see the baby that came forth from a virgin. And once again, I started with Second Corinthians nine fifteen, and the Holy Spirit took us to Isaiah nine. But when you talk about this gift, and it talks about how it's indescribable. How can you describe a virgin birth? Amen. You can't describe that, can you? Amen. How can you describe, amen, a father that didn't have relations with his wife, but she became up pregnant? Amen. How do you describe the angels telling him what to call his son? Amen. That you're going to call him Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. So you can't, you, you can't, you can say it and it comes out good, but can we really, really, really articulate the gift that God has given us? Amen. You can't explain it. I mean, they got now they, they try to do things where they create uh, artificial in, insemination where the baby can, you know, they put the, the, all the stuff the baby come. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. But this wouldn't no, wouldn't no fake stuff in this. Wouldn't no, look, we're going to put a baby in you, Mary. So, so the, the people, the magicians and all the rulers back then, it was, they wasn't coming together to, to figure out how to get Mary pregnant. But the Holy Spirit through an angel showed up to Mary and says that you have been chosen. You have been chosen to carry the, the, the Savior of the world. I don't know how you explain that situation right there because, because here's a woman, they said, that was holy, righteous, but she was chosen to bear the, the son through her loins. Amen. I can't describe that. You may can describe it, but it's so indescribable. Amen. So, so musicians have composed some of their greatest music on this theme. Hansel, Hendels, I'm sorry. Messiah, Box, Christmas, or Overtero, and beautiful hymns, Joy to the World, Silent Night, Holy Night, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Some of the greatest music I is will ever hear was written about, written about God's indescribable gift. Amen. And you notice these songs that I was mentioning, uh, uh, you may not be aware of them, not unless you had some type of musical classes or you... Because uh, when you mention Handel, when you mention Bach, you're like, who in the world is those? Well, I learned about them in a music class about five or six years ago. And when you sit down and you listen to their music, and you're like, wow. They, what they were doing was making the music talk, amen, as they say back then. And, and they were, they, they, even when, uh, when they were able to articulate through music, it still wasn't enough to describe. We need some of the greatest artists. Now, we're not talking... You, you, Oh, I ain't going to go to the world because the world can't compare. Amen. I, I can't even give you a worldly singer. They may, they may can tickle your little, little, little heart out there. But in the end of the day, only anointed woman or man of God can stand and sing a song without music and make you stand to your feet. Amen. Without the lights and without the glitter. Amen. Only the power of God can sing through that individual. Amen. So they, they may get you going. Amen. But will it last? Amen. Will it last? Amen. Will it last? Now, I'm all messed up, but um, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. I got to slow down. Um, first, God's nature is indescribable. First of all, I believe that Paul calls Jesus indescribable because of his nature. 
How do you describe Jesus, which I just talked about? What words would you choose? How do you describe a baby born of a virgin? How do you describe God in the flesh, walking upon our earth and reaching out to the hurting masses of humanity? Isaiah said, who would be called Emmanuel, God with us? How do you describe that which is spirit when all we have ever known is that which is physical? How do you describe God who has all knowledge when all we have is limited knowledge? How do you describe God who is all powerful? How do you describe eternity? Because our God is eternal. Paul says that we can't, we can't and words aren't enough, but many of the wisest men in the world have tried. And I, I love this illustration. Uh, they, the, 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 what happens is you have scholars that have a little bit of knowledge, right? And you respect them because they have studied and put the time in. But they wrote something. And I'm going to read it to you, and I want, I want you to just say yes or no if you got what they were saying about trying to describe our God. Perfect and Godhead, and also perfect and manhood. Truly man of reasonable, rational soul and body, coessential with the Father, according to the manhood. And all things like unto us, without sin, begotten before all ages of the Father, according to the Godhead, in in these later times for us and for our salvation, born of the Virgin Mary and of the mother of God, according to the manhood, one in the same Christ, son, Lord, only begotten, be acknowledged in two natures, unchangeable, invisibly, inseparably, in the distinct of natures being by no means taken away by the union, but rather the property of each nature being preserved. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Amen. But did you get it? Did you understand it? Amen. So even our great minds, they, they, they study and they write. And, and, and it's still hard to understand and put in words what our God means to us, what this son means to us. Now, Jesus also didn't just have a nature or God just didn't have the nature, but he had a reason for coming to the earth. Amen. He just didn't, didn't want to leave his throne. <laughs> Amen. I, 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 I think about it sometimes. Would I, in all glory, want to leave it to come die for some people that wouldn't love you, that don't love you? Amen. And because he was with God in the beginning, he knew the nature of the people he was coming, coming for, right? And these people, and even today, are people that don't acknowledge him. Don't love him, don't care for him, don't even, don't even want his name mentioned. But yet, he put all of his king glory aside to come in a natural form to the earth, amen? Because he had to live as we live, amen? So, he, so not only can he say, you can make it, he can say that because I made it, you can make it. Amen. Because I was able to face temptation. You can face temptation. If I'm able to hold on to, to my father unchanging hand, uh, you are able to hold on to his unchanging hand. But he had to let us know that even while he was on this earth, he was all God. Amen. And he, and he, but he walked and he lived in humanity. Amen. And then I heard the scholars say that, 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 oh, because he was God, he didn't cry. 
Oh, because he was God when he was born. He just came right out of the womb and he was okay. And he began to, to focus on his, on his goal and focus on what God told him to do. But unfortunately, they forget that he did come in a baby form. Amen. So, so Mary and Joseph, I'm sure, had some crying nights. Amen. Because he was all human. Amen. Even though he was God. Amen. And, and so the scholars are fighting over that. Like he was crying. No, he wasn't crying. What, what, what if he was or if he wouldn't? Amen. I, I choose to think that if he came in all humanity and he, he, he bled and he died and, and he uh, uh, lived and walked this earth just as we lived and walked this earth, that he cried when he was a baby. Amen. And I don't got to justify it. I don't got to tell you. I just believe that he was all baby at one point coming out of his womb i don't know one baby that has come out the womb and haven't cried not once amen because normally the cry lets you know that i'm alive amen the cry lets you know that i'm here the cry lets you know that it's an announcement that look i'm on the scene now amen now take care of me because one day after you get me to where i need to go i'm going to take care of you because i'm called to die i was born only to go to the cross. Amen. I wasn't called to make friends. I wasn't called. Jesus, this is, I'm paraphrasing. Jesus was like, I'm not called to be in your, your cell group. I'm not called to be part of your clique. I'm not called to be in your groupie or with your groupies. But I'm called for a mission. And my only mission was to come to this earth to redeem mankind back to the Father. That was his goal. That was his plan. He was articulate in doing it. So our world, we don't need another great politician. No. We try to figure it out. No, all we got to do is trust that on December or July or August that a baby was born and the government of this nation shall rest on his shoulders. Amen. We trying to figure it out. We don't need a new political system. We don't need a new school system. We don't need no, 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 no superstar politician. All we need is Jesus. Amen. All we need is some little kid to stand on his corner and cry out, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus can change our situation. Jesus is the mighty God. So we don't need to figure it out. We just need to, to do what God called us to do. Amen. And that's lift up his name of his son. When we lift up his, the name of his son, what happens? People are saved. Lives are changed. Communities are changed. Because he said in his word that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Black, white, Spanish, Mexican, whatever you are, I came from in a baby form to grow up to only die for you. Because somebody had to sacrifice themselves. God could not find no sacrifice in the earth. There was no money, no blood atonement. Nothing could atone for the sins of what Adam and Eve did. They set in motion only what his son could fix. So his son had to be born. So all these other scholars and want to discount the fact that is Jesus really who Jesus is or, or did he really die or did he really come? Those of us who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that that I would give you counsel and I would give you knowledge. And that knowledge says to me that he did exist. Yes. Amen. And that he was who he said he was when 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 you are at your lowest point, what happens? Jesus picks you up. Amen. Amen. The politician can't, the world can't, your best friend can't. I mean, you can pray until you're blue in the face. Sometimes you only need the power of God. Only Jesus can resurrect you. Only Jesus can change your situation. So he had to come to the earth.
He gave himself as a ransom. A ransom. He had to take us back from the enemy. The enemy was like, oh, I got all your people. They in my clan. They in my group. They, and even when he died, they, you know, Satan, they, the Bible says, and then many scholars said that the, they thought that, that, that hell began to rejoice over the fact that Jesus had died. But they forgot that Jesus said that on the third day. Third day. Amen. That, 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 no, no, the first day, you know, you, 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 you just chill out. I'm taking care of some things. I'm orchestrating some things for my return. Amen. On the second day, amen, he did some more stuff. But just as he said, on the third day, the women went to the tomb. And what did they see? They saw an empty tomb. And what did they do? They ran back to the, brother, the brothers and told them, look, Jesus is risen. He's gone. They were the, they, 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 he don't exist no more. The tomb where he laid, he lay no more. Why? Because prophecy said that he was going to be bruised. He was going to be beat. He was going to have to suffer some things. He was going to have to die and be resurrected for our salvation. Amen. So that's why he's here. That's why he came. He just didn't come, as stated, just to be like, like, look at me. And that's why the Jews are missing it even today. Because they're looking for some significant king to come riding in on a stallion. If you want to make it even plainer, bring it up to the date, that he's not riding in, in a Maybach. Amen. He's not being chauffeured in, in, in some $100,000 car with, with, with reclining seats. No, he came in a lowly state. And that's why, we, that's why the, the people of Israel and some of the the people that are uh, strict Jews can't accept it. They're still waiting. But how many know that there's some Jews out there that have got a hold of Jesus Christ and they're running for the Lord like never before because they now see and they will tell you that we were once blind, but now we see. Amen. And, and Jesus is the reason. Amen. So he's coming for us. Amen. Uh, and how many know that Jesus is grace? Grace was born to us. Amen. Every gift that I have ever given on Christmas was given because the recipient of that gift has some claim on me. I'll buy a gift for my wife because she's my wife. I'll buy a gift for my children because they are my children. I'll buy gifts for my grandson because he is my grandchild. I'll buy gifts for my extended family and those who are close to me. But what makes God's gift so special he doesn't owe us anything. Indeed, we are in constant rebellion against him, but he owe us nothing. With that in mind, Paul says something remarkable in the fifth chapter of Romans. He says, while we were yet in our sin, while we were yet enemies of God, Christ died on the cross for us. God gives a gift not because he feels obligated to give a gift, but because his love is so overwhelming, it's a gift of grace. Amen. When you stop and think about the Christ child, you must realize that he is a gift of grace. And there are no words adequate enough to describe God's grace toward us. Amen. In closing, Jesus' birth has an effect on us. Now, what happens when we receive God's gift? When you open your gifts this Christmas, will your life be any different? When you receive the gifts that have been purchased for you by your loved ones, will this change your life and make you any different? Or will you be the same as you were? All have, have, will you be the same as you have been always? 
The Bible teaches that when we accept Jesus, the indescribable gift of God, that we will never be the same again because of how he affects our lives. The first effect of Jesus coming into our life and in our obedience to him is that we are forgiven of our sins. Now that we may be old and this may be old and elementary to some of us, but it's still so vital. But don't dismiss it that quickly because when our sins are forgiven, God forgets them, will not remember them, and buries them in the sea. Because Jesus is now my Savior, my sins are forgiven, let us all cherish that promise in our hearts. When we accept Jesus, we are adopted into his family. We are guaranteed citizens in his kingdom. Before we were foreigners and aliens, separated, alien, alien, aliens, <laughs> separated from God. But now, because we have accepted him, we are adopted sons and daughters of Almighty God. Everything that belongs to Jesus also belongs to us. We are brothers and sisters in God's family because he has accepted us into his beloved. Amen? Did you catch that? Everything that belongs to God belongs to me, belongs to you. So healing, you can say, is mine. Deliverance is mine. Salvation is mine. Glory and honor is due our Father. Look, look, that came out a little wrong. No glory. We get no glory. The glory all goes back to God. Amen. If you're walking around taking the glory from God, you got to check it. Amen. Because everything we do, we are to bring glory to God, not glory to ourselves. Amen. So it's a gift. It's a uh, when we accept Jesus, we receive the gift of his Holy Spirit to live within us. Now he will guide and counsel and protect and empower us. We are given his peace, not the peace of the world, but the peace that passes all understanding, peace that allows us to cope with everyday situations, peace that allows us to look beyond the darkness of our world and see our almighty God in heaven. Because of Jesus, our mansion is in heaven. It's already paid for a, a dwelling place that will last for all eternity, and that's indescribable too. Amen. When you try telling somebody that I got a mansion in heaven, all they're going to look at your situation right now, whether it's a three-bedroom house or a shack or wherever you live in, they say, look, man, ain't no mansions. <laughs> Where you going? Ain't, ain't no mansions there. But, but Jesus says that I'm going to prepare a place. Amen. And, 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 and in my house are many mansions. Amen. So, so I'm not looking for a one-bedroom shack. Amen. But when I get to heaven, you know what? It just hit me because we're so humble and we're, we're not greedy people that even if it's a one-bedroom place, God is going to deck it out. Amen. I know it's going to be decked out. Amen. Because God is a good God. He's an awesome God. And, he, and because we stuck in there and we hung in there with them, even if it's one bedroom, amen, I know it's going to be nice. Amen. And I guarantee you, you won't be complaining about the hot water or complaining about, well, I hear my neighbors or complaining about, I hear people walking over me, under me. No, it's going to be in such a state that all you can do is say, wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because... There are many mansions, and I knew when I started this sermon that I would fail in my attempt to describe Jesus 
because someone else fell before me. And he was better at it than me. The apostle Paul looked at Jesus and said, I can't describe him. All I can do is fall on my knees and thank God for his indescribable gift. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.